0: This is Kevin Evans with the Chapter by Chapter Alive class at Crossroads Assembly of God in Greenville, and we are working our way through the Gospels, and we are currently, excuse me, finishing up the second chapter of John. And last week, we uh, looked at the first half of Chapter 2. And chapter two uh, has two stories in it, as a lot of the chapters in John do. They kind of have a two-part dichotomy to each one and a lot of contrast. Uh, All the commentators like to point out the various contrasts John uses. So he he places his stories selectively to make a point, which all good authors do, I guess. And so the first story is uh, Jesus changing water into wine at the wedding of Cana. And then the second one is Jesus clears the temple of money changers and uh, John has um, I think it's seven different what are usually what John calls signs which are uh, showing that Christ is the Son of God and uh, it's things that prove that he is who he is and this is the only one that's referred to in one of the other Gospels John kind of offers his own version of things and so he's telling stories that haven't been told in the other gospels that his audience is familiar with so they've already read all that however he feels the need to retell this one this is this is important uh you know and so if he's retelling something then we need to pay attention to why and why it's significant so uh, verse 12. Uh, after he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples, there they stayed for a few days. And that was after uh, the wedding at Cana. So they were just above Capernaum, so he's gone back to Capernaum. We know that Peter lived in Capernaum. And uh, it's very possible that Mary lived in Capernaum at this point. So this may have been Jesus' own home, new hometown, you know. Uh, so they stayed there a few days when it was almost time for the jewish passover jesus went up to jerusalem in the temple courts he found men selling cattle sheep and doves and others sitting at tables exchanging money so he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple area both sheep and cattle he scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables to those who sold doves he said Get these out of here. How dare you turn my father's house into a market? His disciples remembered that it is written, Zeal for your house will consume me. Then the Jews demanded of him, What miraculous sign can you show us to prove your authority to do this? What a weird question. Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. What a weird answer, they said. The Jews replied, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you are going to raise it in three days? But the temple he has spoken of was his body, said John, after he has raised from the dead. His disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. Now, while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many people saw the miraculous signs he was doing and believed in his name, but Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all men. He did not need man's testimony about man, for he knew what was in a man. Okay. You
1: knew that?
0: Yes. Which John established in chapter one thoroughly. So Uh, Now we're kind of launching, and and each time he tells a story, it's to further characterize Christ's character. You know, there's a point to each one of these. Uh, I suspect that he has preached this just this way before, and and has practiced on where to put these stories so that they make the most sense and have the most impact. Um, Passover. Christ goes down to Capernaum and stays there until Passover and then comes to Jerusalem during that time. Um, there is, was a tradition, and I think there still is, in uh, Jewish faith that once in your lifetime you were supposed to travel to Israel and take Passover at the temple and i'm not sure if they still do that but they do they they did here and it was kind of generally expected in fact the islamic custom of going to mecca during yeah uh, what's the word again hajj Hajj, that is a direct descendant of this of this uh 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 this tradition i don't know if it's not written that they have to but it's kind of the 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 tradition and they just drew that straight out of the Jewish faith when they redefined their own religion. Um, in fact, all of Islam is ripped off of somewhere else. That's true. Yeah. What exactly
1: is the Torah?
0: It is the five books of the Old Testament.
1: Because I, I worked with a man that he worships the Torah and, I, and, he, and all the holy days that go with the Torah and everything else, I guess. He's Jewish, and I guess they still, to this day, they honor all of that instead of the regular Bible.
0: Yes. Uh,
1: does he have cross? Is he Orthodox? No, no. Not a regular, okay. Mm-hmm. <coughs> he, he, to me, <coughs> he, I think he's part Hispanic, but he, but he just follows the Jewish, but right? he follows the Jewish faith and the Torah, and he tried to explain to me how that the Torah is the truth, and some of this is not the truth. Yeah. There is a surprisingly large Jewish uh,
0: uh, community in Mexico. You'd be surprised. But anyway, uh, I used to work for (laughs) Isaac Stukoff, the Mexican Jew, which is that's all that's his entire name. When you live in Austin, so (laughs) (laughs) he he literally was Isaac Stukoff, the Mexican Jew. But anyway, uh, okay. He was rather proud of that name, actually. I'm not not picking on him. Okay, uh, so it's Passover. They all have to come in. So what happens is that thousands of -of out-of-towners show up for this weekend in Jerusalem. And uh, they all show up with uh, money because it's hard to travel and you have to fund your travel and they come in with animals and they come in with sacrifices to offer at the temple and they come in with ties that they're offering the temple and they have to pay for their lodging when, and their, their food when they get here. There's tourist money basically coming in to Jerusalem over Passover. And being wise businessmen, people in Jerusalem have discovered new and inventive ways to get some of their hands on a little bit more of that tourist money. So uh, the priests want to make certain that the sacrifices that are being brought during Passover uh, are appropriate for sacrifice because the, the, the lamb has to be without blemish and I don't know what the standards are on doves, but they have standards. So to make sure that all of these animals that are coming in from out of town pass that inspection, they put a priest outside the temple that's literally putting a certificate of inspection on that animal to make sure that it's okay. Well, that gives him a certain amount of power. So he, exactly, so if he's not totally uh, honest, he could look at your uh, uh, lamb and go, you know, I, this, this lamb is just not, it's not quite perfect. I know I don't see a blemish, but it's just not quite up to size. Weight is not, it's, it's, there's a little something wrong. USDA. It, before it is not USDA approved, yes. <laughs> and, so, uh, and so that puts the guy in a bad position. Well, this is my only lamb. This was the best lamb I had. What can I do? He says, well, I tell you what, I'll, I'll buy that lamb off of you for, for about half of what it's worth. And I'll give you some, some value for it, and I'll take that lamb. And it just so happens that I have this lamb that is passing inspection. And, in fact, I'm just going to write the inspection on it right here. Here's your certificate. I will give you this for, I don't know, four times the price of a standard lamb. You know, and so, and then he sells them the certificate for an inflated price. And then the next guy that comes up, he takes the lamb that he just bought, and he sells it to them. You know, have you ever been to Six Flags and bought a soda? Yeah. <laughs> How yeah. much is a soda at yeah. Six Flags these days? Is it $9? I think it's
2: $9. You know,
0: when you've got a captive audience, you know, it's a monopoly, and, and monopolies get abused.
2: The other thing, they were, they were overcharging for the doves. Because the doves were, if you were in poverty or poor family, you could not afford a limb, probably. God, in his wonderful grace and mercy and the way great God he is, he looked out for the poor.
0: Discount sacrifice. He yeah. said if you
2: can't afford a lamb, a dove is acceptable. Well, these people were overcharging for dove, which went against the spirit of what God had intended.
0: In addition, <laughs> uh, and I'm pretty sure this was a scam from the beginning, uh, <laughs> the temple coined its own money. There were temple dollars. I don't know what the word was. But, 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 and your, your offering that you brought to the temple needed to be given in temple coin, or I think Roman coin. They allowed two different kinds of currency. Now, there's lots of currency coming in from other places, and I do understand how you want to unify your currency because some gold coins may be bigger than other gold coins and whatnot, you know. And so, there's a whole science and math that goes into all of that. So, of course. Money changers go outside the temple, and uh, as you're coming up, they want to say, okay, your, your offering has to be in one of these two currencies, and you're bringing in Syrian whatevers. Uh, we'll exchange it, but of course the exchange rate was whatever he's willing to give you, and he's going to take about 15% off the top of what, you know, even if he's honest. And if he's, and if he's not honest, it's going to be more than 15% off the top, you know, because he's got to make his cut. There's got to be a little bit of meat in the bone. Anyway uh so that's happening and so it's rather expensive to come in from outside of jerusalem particularly if you're from a different country and and then offer sacrifice and offerings you've got to save up for this a few years to make this trip
1: also wasn't there like uh graven images on some of the coins where like deity is that what the
0: argument for having the temple currency and not somebody else's yeah,
1: currency? Yeah, that's that's what I heard also. Okay, well that I bet you, you they take money no matter what. You matter. know, <laughs> I've noticed they'll
0: take the buck. But it <laughs> can't you go know.
1: inside the temple, so you got to change it for the.
0: You know, there's this weird pyramid in the back of the United States dollar. You realize that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I notice you still have them in your pocket. So yeah,
2: I think they'll take them. I, I'm getting quite offended because you're saying religious <laughs> leaders. About prophets. I'm quite offended that you're you're making that accusation that people, religious leaders, can be more driven by prophets than homies. I am offended. Oh,
0: I'm so sorry I've offended you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm shocked by that. That money can come into religion so easily and be such a driving force. That just goes With, without
0: anyone on. noticing, brother, it, it sneaks right in, and, <laughs> and it's there for years before you even notice it was there. It is sneaky. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the <laughs> idol of mammon. Don't
1: you love it when they take scripture and and, um, and then they what, whatever scripture it is, like it. send twenty-seven dollars and thirteen cents oh. to whatever to as like your gift offering based off this scripture.
2: At <laughs> a very difficult time in my is, life, I was talking to
1: you in a
2: You know, then I go. You know what? Would, what would Jesus do with a quarter whips of today's religious settings? And that—that's Pentecostal, Charismatic. That's yeah. not Catholic. That's not Jewish. That was our denomination. That you know, seed offering for the prayers. Which? What would no. Jesus do today? Well, no. Give me that serious look. Yeah, you
1: have an answer to that? <laughs> I'm sitting, Mom. <laughs>
2: we
0: just love everyone. Okay, so
1: <laughs> we're talking money changers now. What we see
2: <clears throat> is a lot of people changing their money in the offering plate. So the offering plate comes and they put in one and then they take out
0: Oh, take out change? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have seen that happen, but not well, very I mean, much to tell you the truth. I'm going
2: to give the first hundred dollars around here, and they take the offering. Well, he takes his hundred dollars out he
1: only, you know.
2: I've seen it all. It's just—is
1: there much difference today with the not of
2: course not. Money or money, of course, but there is. More. Have you really seen that? Just, yes, took I was out the hundred dollars. Well, you know what? It's his offering; he's taking up for himself. Or his project. Okay,
0: this bet. is a story I really should not tell, and so I'm leaving out all names. <laughs> I know I know of two instances, as a trustee that does counts, where someone gave a, a large donation and then got mad at the church and demanded it back. And it, the past, you were know... The, there's kind of a process to how we move money around, so you know the pastor has to sign off a thing, and then two trustees have to sign the check, and, and we're going, why are we doing this again? And and we've we've had to give uh, offerings back before, which
2: kind of kind of poor form, I think. I think so. Well, everyone knows. Some of you know I'm dealing with my mom and her hoarding and such, and we were at her house. We took a lot of paper. My, my, she still has bank res, uh, deposits. So she's from 1959. Okay. And wow. so. She, that, the first church I went to as a child before we went away.
0: Does the, the bank still have the same name as it did in 1959? Uh, <laughs> so I, I was thinking, that is a long time ago. And I remember the okay, telling me this story from when I was a,
2: I, I don't remember this church a lot. Are you taking but, a picture of these historic documents? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a their banks that uh, paying their tithe was not to such and such church. And I remember at that time, you had to give the cash to the pastor personally. Oh, tithe. wow. So it said... Tithe, to, tithe check made out to Brother So and So, and that was the pastor of the church. And back then, you gave it to him direct. You did not put your tithe in the offering. You went after or before church. You handed it to him personally. And just wow. one, then he knows he's paying tithe. Number two, he didn't have to report it. How about that? Most pastors, you know anyway. I've never I've heard, heard, heard of that. It. And then now, of course, he did get in trouble later on right, because he had the church in his name. Hmm. And uh, But he didn't get in trouble. Daughter, so. but, uh, but anyway. Uh, preachers, criminals, it. preachers, well, I mean, criminals. Just <laughs> <laughs> just, for the okay. love okay. of money is
1: the real
2: love
0: I'm talking about in the... Oh, do you money. want me to get back to the lesson? Yes. Is that what you're trying to point out? Okay, okay. So it's Passover, right? Yeah. And all these people are coming in. And one one uh, all of this uh, uh, scamming that's been going on out in the street as you come in, has worked his way into the outer courts of the temple. Uh, Probably because the priests inside the temple want their cut. So they're basically leasing booths like you would at a fair. And that guy pays the temple a little something in order to do business. And so in the outer courts, you've got all these animals and you've got all these money changers and you've got cattle, sheep, and doves, and oh, by the way, this is the only place in the temple where Gentiles can go and pray. And so if you are a Gentile, and you have come in with these foreign uh, Jews, and your in-laws, or whatever, and you come in to worship for Passover, they have to stay in the outer court with the cattle to pray inside the temple. This is the end result of their entire experience with the Passover uh, service. And it's contradictory to the spirit of the gospel. So Christ walks in, makes a whip, of cords. I've been struggling over that one for two weeks. And drove all from the temple area, both sheep and cattle. Okay, the picture I've had since I was 15 is Jesus walking into the temple with Indiana Jones's bullwhip. Because every whip, I've, a bullwhip is what I am familiar with. A bullwhip is 15 feet long. It is made out of leather, yes. ironized leather, the kind you make upholstery out of, not book covers. And it's got a little bitty uh, a tip on the end where it's frayed. And you whip the, 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 the whip and the end it will actually break the speed of sound at the end when it pops. Yeah. And it, it's a noise maker. It's not A torture device, it's a noisemaker, it's for driving cattle. It's called a bullwhip for a reason. If you're driving cattle across this pasture, and you've got a cow that's way over there, you want to put a pop behind that cow to scare it so that it goes that way. It gives you more control over driving cattle. Uh, That is a different kind of device than the Romans used when they scourged Christ. They used something, I think in English, it's called a catanine, and it, it, it was it had multiple strips on the end with little, little bits in the end, and it's supposed to do you damage when they rake it down your back. What they used on British vessels when they were torturing sailors or what uh, American slave owners used, I'm not exactly sure. I don't think it was a bull whip. I think it's a shorter whip that's designed for doing damage and pain. But, you know, to be fair, when you're beating up your sailors or your slaves, you really don't want to do them physical damage. You don't want to rake their back and have them laying flat for the next two weeks recovering from the whipping. You want them going back to work.
1: You
0: You want pain. You want to get the message across. But you don't want to harm them. Does that make sense? Yeah, you don't want to cripple them. So that's a different kind of whip. I don't think any of those whips is what he's doing. He's got, a, so he's got rope. My, my, you, my Bible says
1: he made a scourge.
0: A scourge. A small court. Which is kind of like a small version of a catenite. So he, he's taken a bunch of ropes, and he's, he's looped the rope wide. He's not
2: looking for the first
0: thing. He's, yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> he has rolled this. Uh, he picked up some rope. Now, is he beating on people? She just took no, off his he is driving cattle. He is walking behind cattle and he's popping their butts going, move that way, move that way. He is clearing out the livestock who are pooping all over the prayer area for Gentiles. You know, think about what this smelled like. And so he, he drives them out. Did he kick over a table like they do in the Passion Play? I don't know.
2: Maybe he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their
0: tables. Okay, overturned the tables. Yes. That, that is in scripture. But he's
2: letting them have it. Well, I, mean, is it I don't
0: think he's harming people. He, he's they're throwing a fit. And and weirdly, if you if you paid for you know being in the outer court and you're doing money changing and maybe you're even a gentile doing money changing, uh, are you going to go willingly?
1: Well, my Bible says he.
0: Because this angry man is is kicking over, it, it seems like there would be some resistance. This is one guy running everybody out. There you go. I think that's significant. I, I you know I, something huge happened here. This is a big deal, and it happened <gasps> twice. If you look at the uh, in the other synoptic gospels, it happens at the beginning of his ministry, and then and well wait, in Luke isn't it at the, at the end? And so I, I think it happened twice. I think the you know the first time it was kind of a shock, and they going, "Who are you?" And the second time, uh, the rabbis are ticked off because now he's cutting into their profit. Here he
2: is again. Yeah. Well, I just God looks out for the disenfranchised. Right <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's he's a God of the, the widows, the orphan, the poor, and when he when he does this, he he's mad and righteously mm-hmm. mad. This is my house. This is You're cheating people who are wanting to come and worship me. Right. And you're making it difficult. You're putting a barrier between them and true worship. Yes. i not happy about this. And he had every right to be. Like I said, what would he do today? What would he do today? What's he thinking right? I mean, what about today? When he sees
1: you know, they're kind of like these preachers on TV that say that you can have a blessing if you send $100 or whatever. Well, my nephew, he was doing a construction
2: job the church is doing a million dollar sanctuary and you know the their is giving them the very low. Hmm. you know he says where's our priority? priority
0: issues I sometimes worry about bank sales in the foyer we discussed this last time You? I don't remember okay.
2: let's get, is this controversial let's go <laughs> But you made the comment that oh. it's for missions, no. and it's not for... And I agree. I mean, missions, but then how many things are really done for quote-unquote missions or done for someone to make a profit?
0: I was raised by Mr. Dwayne Evans, and Mr. Dwayne Evans was a uh, Baptist music minister, the number two guy on the staff. And uh, so I lived at church. I was at church every time the doors opened and half the time when they weren't. And uh, when he did business, it was always at church because that's where he was. And so people would call him about cattle and liquid feed and everything else that dad did in order to actually have a living as a minister. And uh, he wouldn't talk business in the sanctuary. He kind of drew his own lines. So he didn't take a check. He didn't talk about business. If you wanted to, you know, make arrangements for him to fill up your liquid feed, you had to step out of the steps out front, and then he'll talk to you. But you don't do that in, in the church. And I got, you know, that was the Evan Standard. I don't think he called it that, but I, I thought it was gospel and wall. But, uh, you know, I, I you know, I mowed grass for half of my church at the time, and I didn't do business in the sanctuary either. It's so like, not a year later. I'll talk to you in a minute.
1: You know, I was always told that you don't eat and drink in the sanctuary, but I've noticed that people do it anyway. Yeah,
0: that standard is kind of gone by the wayside, I'm afraid. But in the
2: early church, they usually ate during church. Our first century church was a it was potluck during church.
0: So they had coffee stains in the fancy carpet Probably. too? Well, they usually <laughs> Because we had to remove some I coffee dealt, stains dealt, when we pulled the as thing a out. Club soda. soda gets we were talking
2: about it. the future of the church, we well, were talking about a multiple, faci- <laughs> multiple <laughs> purpose facility. A woman got up and said, I'm sorry, I'm going to fight at anything that's not besides worship and preaching. That's the way the church was started. I said, No, it's not first century church, it was in homes. Mm-hmm. And they were usually eating during church. It was usually the there was there was a communal almost potluck during the first. Sin. The way we do church is not the way they did church. And first. I'm not saying this is wrong, and I'm not saying what they did was wrong. It's just culture changes. they got they were sitting around lounging. They probably had grapes. They probably it, it was kind of a it was a it was home a home fellowship. It was a home fellowship really. That we kind of turned this thing. Now I'm not for whatever You doing the sanctuary just free for all in the sanctuary. I'm not saying that, but sometimes we put a really you know thing of oh don't do that and the, you know well, first century church didn't have the cathedrals in the in the sanctuaries we did they met in people's homes and it was usually people sitting around and they pass out grapes, and people eat grapes or nuts or bread or whatever. More like this. It really was. <laughs> it was. It was. Uh, uh, it was someone with a microphone and a purple shirt and trying to
0: pass uh, like, well, a <laughs> he made. The
2: best, he made the, He
1: said home fellowship. It really was yeah, more home yeah. fellowship back. It wasn't like what home we fellowship. On church. It's just like the, It's just like back in the 1800s and stuff we'll have some Couples got married at 13, 14 years old, 15, 16 years old. Today, that would be a crime, but back then, no, exactly. it, it wasn't. It wasn't. Well, they, they talk
2: about family first, family values, and children were not treated like we do today. They were property back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Well>, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because the more children they had, the more people they had to help but work the farm. I think them. you go back to the theme of this, though. It is a barrier between man and God that we make, to where God says, Whosoever just come, yeah, and we put a barrier, whether money or, you know, something, you know, even sanctuary. San- san- and, and, and I do, I don't think it anything. Should, it's not free for all in a sanctuary. But then we might go to the other extreme of, you know, you know, you know the, you know the little girl that I think I told, I can't remember if I told, not told the story in my trauma class about the little girl. You remember that little girl who. She had this new little dress, and she said, uh, uh, Leonard Sweet wrote this in one of his books. He talked to this girl, she grew up to be a woman that just didn't like church. She said, When I was a little girl, I got this new dress, and I would remember just sitting in the sanctuary, and the music was just so nice. It was, you know, we were singing about Jesus, and she said, I just kind of felt like twirling. And just. And her mom was in the choir, and he grabbed her, he took her out, he spanked her. And she says, I learned that church was a bad place. No twirling
0: in church. No twirling. And she said I wasn't
2: being a. She says I just was so happy during the song service. I just wanted to move, but that was. We can go to the other extreme to make it be this.
0: I got pinched a few times in church too. I I pinched
2: a lot in church, <laughs> <laughs> and I was the good son. I, <laughs> got, <laughs> I got
0: drug out of church several times. and got popped. Yeah, sure did. But I mean, <laughs> I think
2: what Jesus right here says: don't stop. Don't put any barrier between a person and worshiping me. Yeah. And money money can do that. At one town I was a pastor in the local church said we built a church on the other side of town so the trailer park people will go to that one and not ours.
1: Oh wow. Yeah.
0: That's how we build
2: schools. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that on recording? <laughs> they, oh, I'm we sorry. Were, we need they, to get saved. They were having too many people of color. Too many <laughs> Let me see how much trail. trouble I can get into. And they specifically said, we built this church over here close to you guys so that you would go to that. The town was not, it wasn't like an hour drive. Yeah. It was like a
1: five, maybe sure. close to five minute. But that's for you guys to go to. Um, well, it didn't make it, by it, the way. It's like I saw this actually, that this happened. A woman came in and she was, dressed rather poorly and everything else and she gave her heart and life to God and then instead of letting God take care of changing her from you know the way she was dressed and what she was and everything the ladies of the church drove her back out of the church trying to change her trying to condemn her and everything. they literally condemned her out of, out of, back out of the church after she, right after she got sick. exactly saved. like when a guy's wearing a
2: lavender shirt to church and coral shirt to church and he's been driven driven out by the Sunday school there
0: need to be standards (laughs) (laughs) yet
1: but I just it's it's about God saying this is my house (laughs) go ahead do you think Jesus would have cleared them if they'd have been outside the temple do you think he would have said anything? If too? they were still putting up a
2: barrier between man and God, making it difficult to get to true worship, I think he would. I think it was the hard I would, I don't think it mattered whether he was in or out. These were people keeping people from worshiping
0: It's where the Gentiles prayed. It's it, it's a, it's inside the church. It's but it's part of their it was a it was a money making thing. It wasn't
2: about, hey, come here worship God, it's about how could we make money. That's what angered Christ. That's what angered Christ. It wasn't it, 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 it i brought my parallel to show them like I, I my house from is me. the house of prayer right. well he yeah. said i like the way it says uh get your things out of here stop turning my house into a shopping mall
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know and you know it it's it is there's a lot of shopping mall mentality yeah. that's what upset christ mm-hmm. and you know a bank sale i i don't think he you know bake sale for missions i don't think he So
0: would he object to having the coffee shop in the middle of the uh, foyer, in in the middle of the enormous church that we go to three times a year?
2: What's the purpose of the coffee shop? So that people can buy coffee. Is
0: it? it (laughs) (laughs) it,
2: Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't want to go the other stream of so much legalism to where here, here's some coffee for you to enjoy and and come to church. Is it keeping them from church? Is it keeping them from?
0: I, well, I don't think you know the money changers were keeping them from church either.
2: Yeah, but it was more about the prop Is the coffee shop about profit or just providing coffee?
0: I don't. Re- I don't really know. As long as the profits go into missions. No problem. Oh, as long as it goes to missions, it's okay. <laughs> or oh. It, I don't even have a problem with that. Okay. Idea. Back to that. Is the is the, the Peterson <laughs> standard? <laughs> <laughs> I have no problem.
2: With or, hey, this goes to help to the budget of the church. I have no problem with that.
0: Okay. Okay. I mean, does anybody? I mean. So the bank sale is fine. I have (laughs) rules.
1: Well, no, I mean,
2: it's the spirit. I mean, it's hard to judge spirit. I mean, it's the spirit of what's the purpose of it. I mean, I think here's definitely people are trying to make. They were loan sharks, the scripture says. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, hey, this money's going to go help with the bills and the upkeep of the church, which I think is a very appropriate thing. I have no problem with that. Now, I mean, if this is to help pay for the deacons to go on a cruise ship. You know, to vacation, I would have a problem. We, we don't go out
0: <laughs> We eat steak once a year. It's the most abusive thing that we do for the church. So, okay. anyway. You know, I think uh, one
1: big example here, though, is you know, when Isaiah said that their eyes would be closed and their hearts would be hardened, I think we see that right here where they didn't understand the truth when they, when they said that it took 46 years to build the temple and you're going to tear it down and build it in three days. I think that was a good example of what Isaiah said about it their hearts and their ears would be closed and hardened and they wouldn't see and they wouldn't hear.
0: Which brings me to verse 18, which is where I've been trying to get to. for 30. Minutes. I'm sorry. I it. Then the Jews demanded of him, What miraculous sign can you show us to prove your authority to do this? What a weird question. Instead of saying, stop it, they say, What authority do you have to do this? And secondly, what sign are you going to show us that you have? Do a miracle now. You know, it seemed like if somebody got all bossy in church with us, we would not say, oh, wait, no. Do a miracle for us, and then we'll talk to you. I mean, that's just an odd response to me, which tells me that they know who he is, and they know what he's been doing. And these are the same rabbis that have been following his ministry and trying to catch him in something. I think this is the, the, the at late in the ministry, ver, you know, uh, uh, running out of the money changers. Um, Their
2: spies were maybe there at his baptism and knew what had happened. Hey, yeah, the, so, so the guy.
0: they're saying, yeah, so do us a miracle. Show us that you're the, the guy. And so... Uh, he comes back, destroy this temple, and I'll raise it again in three days. Now, these are very literal people. They're looking at the outer person. Uh, the Pharisees, who is probably the people that are talking to him, uh, have, were very legalistic, and that, that the whole point of Pharisees, they were lawyers who were priests, they, they wanted to follow God's law, and if you followed the law, then you were holy. So, if you get in trouble with the law, you hire a Pharisee, and he figures out how to make you holy, because that's what lawyers do, right? He finds the loophole to get you through your problem. So how can you harvest on Sunday? Well, let, let's think this through. And he finds an exception. And there's always an exception to every rule. There are outstanding circumstances, there's judgment calls, and they, they find all this wiggle room so that basically people can do whatever they want to do and still stay socially acceptable and still stay within good graces of the, of, of the temple. And they've given up any kind of spiritual purity. They, they've, they've given up the morality. This is, you know, they're challenging in him. He's cleansing the temple, literally, of manure. And uh, they, you know, they're challenging him on his authority to cleanse that. And, he, and so he says, I'll destroy the temple and I'll raise it again in three days. They know scripture. That's been prophesied. In the Old Testament. And they're supposed to be scholars of the Old Testament and they don't get it. They're going, you know, it took us 50 years to build this. What are you talking about? You know, they, they don't understand what he's talking about. Uh, the Jews replied, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you're going to raise it in three days? And so John steps in to explain it to us because they're afraid we're not following uh, but the temple he had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Interesting that after he's raised from the dead, the disciples recalled this story. Mm-hmm. They put this together after he was gone in the big meeting. Oh, oh wait, that's what he was
2: talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they didn't have the Bible like we do back in
0: 2020. Fair enough. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting how it all comes together after it's done. Christ laid all the seeds, and then those seeds blossom later.
1: Kind of like you said over in Matthew, that he spoke to them in parables so they wouldn't understand and they wouldn't see. Because they wouldn't understand? Do you think he was trying to keep them from understanding? Yes. Okay. That was part of what Isaiah said, that they're going to have hardened hearts, and they're going to have... They're not going to see, they're not going to hear, even though the words... Well, did they not understand
2: parables because their hearts were hardened or because he was trying to trick them? I think because their hearts were hardened. I think
0: because their hearts... I don't think God tries to trick us. God does not send us secret messages hidden inside ancient or manuscripts.
2: Or the new messages that no one's known before. It's yes. Some preacher today figured out the hidden message.
0: We we don't um, have to play weird word high. games yeah. and match up letters and that you know and find the secret inscribed message. That no, God's not a spy trying to no. slip us something that nobody else can see. No, well, it my. is very overt. So, so
2: quit buying the books and seven hidden messages. Yeah, you can quit buying that one. Okay, thank you. <laughs> you can put
0: that one away. Yeah. So can I read it first before you throw it away? Because I <laughs> like to, I like to see it just in case. So
2: God doesn't hide messages.
0: Yeah, not. yeah, but you got to know the enemy. You know, i I'll, I'll, I'll like reading those books.
2: Well, people okay. remember stories much better than scripture. True. He was the master teacher, and it makes yeah. So everywhere Jesus went preaching, he told. Stories. Let me just start because I want to go back to what Christ is about making it easy to receive spirit and truth whosoever this is all about anything that blocks man from me i don't like. Uh-huh. i that? want it easy i want it and and whether it's money materialism whatever religion spirit of religion that keeps man from worship he says my people will worship me what in spirit, spirit and in truth. truth and and i love it because god says and even the poor the, you know he's not anti-rich person but he says He really looks out for the disenfranchised, the people who everyone looks down on, and he says, "I'm going to make it. I'm really going to reach out to anybody that tries to lock me between them." Really makes me mad. That is the heart of God. In uh, in I'm going to read this in
1: Psalms 82:5. It says, "They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness, and all the foundations of the earth are out of course." And then in Matthew 13:13 again, he says, "Therefore I speak to them in parables, because they seeing see not." And hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. Okay, now apply those two verses to
0: verse 23. Now, while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many people saw the miraculous signs he was doing. They saw his miracles and believed in his name. So people are seeing miracles. This is the Christ, and they're following him. And then we have this verse, which I honestly do not understand, and I'm throwing this on the table for all the theologians to explain. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all men. He's not entrusting himself to the people that saw his miraculous signs. He's not entrusting himself to the believers. He did not need man's testimony about man. For he knew what was in a man. What's John getting at there? Because that's the last point in this story, and it starts another story. That's John's big final, well, you yeah. know, uh, speaking point,
1: and I'm not sure I quite get it. Uh, okay, go Bill. Isaiah says that in 42:2 it says, He shall not cry nor lift up nor cause his voice to be heard in the streets. Why not? That, shit, that was that was foretold about Jesus. He was not going to. They were they were not going to understand. I mean, that's I part think of the Pharisees there. NLT puts it this way, but Jesus didn't trust them because he knew human nature. Right. No one needed Which to tell what? him what mankind is really like.
2: I, I'll read from the message here. During the time he was in Jerusalem those days, of the Passover of the feast, many people noticed the signs he was displaying, and seeing they pointed straight to God entrusted their lives to him, but Jesus did not entrust his life to them. He knew them inside and out, knew how untrustworthy they were. He didn't need any help in seeing right through them."
0: Is he talking about the converted people that are following him because they respond to the signs or is he talking about Pharisees? Because well, it looks like he's talking about the people that are converted, as followers.
1: He was silent in several areas. He was silent before the high priest. He was silent before Pilate. He was silent before Herod, and he was silent in the presence of the woman that was they, drug out to be stoned.
2: Were they really followers, or were they just fans? Well, because he does talk about later on that people when he quit, everybody followed the messages, and he was, you know, you know, the fish and the loaves, and he was feeding, never giving everybody free lunch. When he quit doing that, he lost a lot of people. Strange how some people followed the mirror. And And the new church that's doing the new miracle and then when that settles down and there's another church on the other side of town doing this type of miracle or this type of thing, they
1: go to that one. They're miracle followers. Maybe that's who he's talking about. You know, put on a good show. Yeah. And we'll and we'll get to we'll get to another point in John fourteen thirty, but we're not there yet. It talks about his silence. Because I mean it is saying these
2: people that entrusted their life to him, but he wouldn't entrust his life to them. Right. Well, what was the purpose Which of them? Means, were they trying to make him king? Is that what it was like? Ah, uh, let's, let's, you're, you're I didn't our think king of that. Messiah. He says, no, I'm not going to do that because I know your hearts, and that's not what I'm going to do. What about that? Because that, that might be plausible.
0: So even the followers aren't really...
2: Well, they, they didn't know. They don't have the Bible for 2020 hindsight that we did. They, mm. they were thinking, okay, <laughs> this is the military Messiah that's going to do this, and he wasn't going to trust himself with that because that's what they would want. Okay. What about that? All right, I'll accept
0: that as the final word. We are out of time and, and the music has already started in the sanctuary and we have to go look at those I amazing chairs. Uh, yes. I, I, thank you. Thank you. Finally acknowledgement uh, <laughs> uh, We will start we will start on John 3 a- and if you don't know a verse from John 3, you are just not a very good Christian. So uh, and, and with that, I am signing off.